Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Lobon. It's National Strawberry Day, Tony. Do you have a favorite berry? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Halle Berry? What do you think? That was too easy. That was too easy. Duck Berry? John Berry. That's Barry. I know, close enough. You gotta have a berry. A berry. How about Fred Berry? He, he was rerun. How about Ken Berry? Maybe Berry RFD. You skew it old. How about Raymond Berry? If you want me to skew old. How about Unitas to Berry? That's that was. Was Raymond Berry one of the hundred? I don't know. He should have been. one of the ten receivers. I mean, that, that's probably. He could have been. That's probably the first great pass combination in the NFL, United and Berry, don't you think? I like starting one PTI with a history lesson. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Demora Smith is optimistic. The Rockets are rolling and the Astros are getting drilled. But we begin today with Tom Brady and the ongoing speculation that he may actually play somewhere else than in New England this coming season. Jeff Darlington of ESPN said this morning that Brady is telling people close to him to get ready for him playing in another city. And Karen Gurgan of the Boston Herald is reporting that the Patriots still have not reached out to Brady. And a source said, quote, it's not looking good, unquote. Wilbon, do you still see the Patriots as overwhelming favorites to keep Brady? Maybe not overwhelming anymore. Because, I mean, some of this reporting has teeth, and so I'm like, huh. But can you imagine it? Um, not After yet. 20 years not yet. in a blue jersey and a yet. silver helmet, can you imagine no, it? because I imagine Robert Kraft, he doesn't have to be one of these early phone calls. He doesn't have to be a guy who's reached out and talked to Brady yet. He's the guy who can say when Brady, after he flirts with San Diego and Tampa and the Raiders and whoever else, he can say, that's nice. I got his cell number. Tom, we need to talk. And so maybe not overwhelming, Tony, but I still see New England as the favorite. So I read about all these things. You mentioned a couple of teams. There's other teams that, you know, Tennessee is in the mix. And I would think that Miami would be in the mix and the Giants are supposedly in the mix. And the reason I say that is because they are coached by people who were Patriots or right. Patriot I coaches. Get that. I get that. Even, you know, so I, I understand all of that stuff. The, the longer time goes on, the more I think, as you think, that he may play somewhere else. But there are two questions out there that, that I don't have an answer to. And I think the most important one is do the Patriots want him? Like, I don't know that. Does he want the I Patriots? I don't know that you can because just say Patriots because the Patriots are more than one person. Does Bill Belichick does, something want trumps him? that, and I already gave it to you. Robert Kraft. Yes. So you think that Robert Kraft would say to Bill Belichick, if he knew that Bill Belichick did not want Tom yeah. Brady, you'd say you have to take he him? He knew that Bill Belichick wanted a guy that got shipped out to San Francisco. He knew Bill Belichick so, wanted him. Yeah, so I'm... I become less and less sure as time goes on, right. but I still honestly cannot imagine him in, in another, another uniform. Because I saw Namath and I saw Unitas, I and know, it was but it sad. Happened. It was sad. It was for sad. Me. And I, you know, you know, what my, you know what my role forward is. Tom Brady's going to go to one of these teams, and in the first two series, he's going to be sacked six times. That's not going to be. He's going to be pointing and screaming at people, and it ain't going to go well. No, that's why no. I don't see him anywhere other than New England, which makes still makes sense to me. Me too. I wonder what the Golden Boy thinks of the proposed labor deal, Tony. Maybe he'll put out a profane tape while driving shirtless. Like a pouncing. Yeah. Short of that, we've got union boss Demora Smith uttering a great line. Quote, democracy is messy, close quote. But also saying that he thinks the deal will pass. 
Of course he is vested in his player reps. Tom, what do you make of what Smith says? The player reps vote was awfully close. You know, it was... Here, I am stunned. Honestly stunned. It's not that I don't think it'll pass, but if it passes, I'm going to be stunned because it includes... It's a 10-year deal with a 17th game. And I just... I didn't see that happening. What it leads me to believe, as I've said to you before is that this is a bottom-heavy league. Yeah. That most of the people in the well, league... Well, 60%, they're saying, they make don't even a lot of money. Close so to when it. Aaron Rodgers yeah. and Richard Sherman, who make a lot of money, come out and tell you why this is a bad deal, the other players are saying, what do I have in common with them? I'm trying to get my four years in, and I'm try- I make a million dollars or less. They make 15 or $20 million. Yeah. Yeah. They don't represent my interest. So you know what's interesting about sort of when the union boss is trying to figure out what's going on, it's not just the player reps. He's got 2,000 guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't know what they're going to vote. You know, when the great, late Gene Upshaw was the very successful union boss, and it was here in Washington, D.C., and I was covering the NFL for the Washington Post, and I remember sitting in Gene's office, and he might have to go out there and make a proclamation to the masses with a microphone, and then sometimes he'd sit in that office and go, we don't know what's going to happen with a vote. Yeah. They've got to vote. And sometimes, Tony... The, the union boss could be against a particular thing, and the players might still vote for it. Well, Weird things happen with the NFL union. It is not the baseball players' union. It is not that strong, but that points right. to what you're saying, and we still have to see how so they vote. what a 10-year deal does is it guarantees you against a stock market crash. It guarantees you against falling ratings and, and the erosion of Well, of yeah, money. unless the league goes bankrupt, but I, we know that's not going to happen. I think that people like Rogers and Sherman and J.J. Watt, people like that, when you have enough money that you're not worried and you have standing in the league, you can speak philosophically. Well, if you got a million dollars and you want two million dollars, uh, 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 you speak practically. Tony, there's something else those guys have in common besides being rich. They're also smarter than the average guy at the bottom of that because they're older, they're wiser, Fine. they've been around it, and they've got some wisdom to share but if with those guys in a mentoring sort of but way. But if 60% of the league is looking for know, money I first... Know. They'll take the deal, and that does surprise You sound pretty certain. No, I'm surprised. I always thought they... You said it would, there'd be no deal. Wait, I wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm still saying... No deal. We'll not, not, not on this first... The Morris Smith ought to know the pulse of his union. The Houston Rockets committed to small ball a few weeks ago. It has been so successful, it's now being called micro ball. Marketers, get them out of here. The Rockets beat Memphis last night by 28 points. They scored 140 the Rockets are now 9-2 and two since beginning this experiment, and their last five wins have been by a total of 90 points. Wilbon, you said they had no chance going small. Have they won you over? Hell no. They haven't? No. Did the playoffs start while I wasn't looking? No. Then none of this means anything. This is great for Houston to be in the lab, and Mike D'Antoni, who is an offensive I mean, he's near genius level. He's the right kind right? of coach this thing. Yes. This is perfect. So they can get in there and they can tinker. And Harden and Westbrook right. are great players. And they'll do everything in their power to make this work. No, it won't work. Because you think that, do you know what LeBron James has done with smaller great players in his life? He's eaten them for breakfast in the playoffs. You have LeBron and Anthony Davis in the West. So right. you're telling me they're going to have to perhaps get through the Lakers and Clippers. Kawhi Leonard seemed like he afraid of small it, ball to you. Does it matter to you that four of those nine wins are Dallas, 
the Lakers, the Celtics, and Utah. It's great. Now, right. in the regular season, what right. happens when the other coaches, some of whom are near genius level two, yeah. when they have time to study what to do to yeah. take that they away? Watch film too. There is, to me, yeah. to me, Tony, I love Mike D'Antoni. There's zero chance of that working in the playoffs beyond one round. I'll give you the theoretical way it works. Beyond one round. And I understand this. And it's different playing four out of seven and playing the same team. It's different. I I get that. Uh, Westbrook and Harden have to score about 60 to 65 points. Every game. Yes, they do. They have to take 53s. They have to trade twos for threes. That's what they have to do. And if the court opens up... Westbrook will get a thousand and ones because he'll go right to the middle. Yes, he will. And that's the way philosophically it's going to work. Now, in the playoffs, as you correctly point out, they pound you, they slow the game down. It's a little bit different. But I love watching this. It's fun to watch. Do remember when the Rockets a couple of years ago went like zero for twenty-seven on threes? Well, in that's the game? that's a game. But that's good. But you toss that game out. Okay, but you can't because that's a that's an L. I, and so you're an L against the West. Okay. Tony, they're not playing in the in the East from four or five years ago. But if, they you, get go an, if you get an L on anything but a playoff deciding game, you get another game. You, you, you get do, another. You do. We'll see. You're just, starting to buy it. No, I like the idea of it very much. It's I fun like to commi- watch. I like them I commitment. give them an A-plus for yeah. committing to something different to help like them it. win. like it. But do I think it's going to ultimately win over? Clearly you don't. Let's go to a postscript on the Zamboni driving emergency goalie who beat the Leafs and won a game last weekend. Don't hate the, the player. The NHL powers hate the Zamboni. The NHL powers at B are about to legislate his butt out. Yeah. At the GM meetings next week, they're going to discuss forcing teams to carry a third goaltender and not rely on some local dude who beat the people paying his salary. Melrose, our Barry Melrose, speaking of Barry, yeah. is on the right side of this, Tony, and says, quote, you can't have a Zamboni driver decide who's going to win. Close quote. Tony, you want to go against Melrose for the sake of some Disney movie? Yeah, well, with all due respect to Barry Melrose, who now lives in Glens Falls, New York, which is the home of one of my college roommates, David Carpenter, I don't really care what Barry Melrose has said in this. This thing that happened the other day, this is the last great romantic opportunity in professional sports. This guy goes out there, lets in goals right away, and then stones the Maple Leafs in the third period. Ends up on every morning talk show in the United States of America and probably in Canada. And everybody loves him. And everybody loves this story. And it is a movie, and it's a wonderful thing. And if you legislate it out, the reason you legislate it out, honestly, is you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed that a guy who drove a Zamboni, a guy who was a practice goalie, stoned the Maple Leafs in the third period. That's right. And rather than be magnanimous and say what a great thing for sports, you're going to say... Cut off his hands. You're a cut them off. You're a writer romanticizing some junk that a league ought to be embarrassed Wonderful. about. Then Lovely. why don't you just let the starting pitcher be a lottery winner? This is stupid. It only it's happens lazy once every on the. Two it should years. never happen. It should never happen. You're there screwed. are people who make a living playing goal in minor leagues who are toiling. Give them an opportunity. The third goalie, Mike. If you carry a third goalie, that third goalie isn't going to play. He's going to hate his life. Every Everyone's going to think he's a clown and he's going to hate his life. Why is he going to hate his this life? Is a, this is such a good story. And it's by the story. way, that's in, all it is. in 82 games, 
if those two points cost the Maple Leafs the might, playoffs, you know what? Then they're not good they're enough going. to be in the playoffs. You know they're what? Not when good you enough. said this is the last great story, it is. good. Let his story be the last one. No. Get it out of here. No, recycle. Let somebody else have a chance in two years. Let's take a break for coming up. Is it finally clear that the Celtics have a big star in Jason Tatum? And did Derrick Jones Jr. do something more impressive than his dunks? Do you know where Glens Falls is? It's right near Lake no. George. It's in the outer Where the hell is Lake George? Where is that? It's up there in New York State. Where is that? I have added the doctor's coat and removed the pants. Ugh. So it's time for What's the Word? What's Off first? The word Jason Tatum is blank right now. He's good right now. He's actually very good. He's really very good right now. But Jeremy Lin, things can change. Well, he's not Jeremy Lin. Well, but it could could change. Let me get to what he's done lately. In the last five games, these numbers are great. Tatum is averaging 35 points, shooting 58% from the field and 55% from three, which is tremendous. The Celtics are 4-1 in those games. This is Tatum's third year in the league. If you're going to be great, you get great yes, you by do. the third year. And the two guys drafted ahead of him, Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball, are not. Not, not great. Not no. great. And Tony, to that, all that reason, he is trending, as they like to say now. And what is he trending toward? Greatness. Yeah. Now, you got to sustain True. it for longer than that. I will give you that. That's the only comparison I'll make with, with insanity is you, it needs to be drawn out over – I don't know, the better part of a year, and include some playoffs. So we're going to wait for full judgment. But, Tony, it looks like he's got it all. And it looks like he's got the temperament. You know, that there's a calmness about him now. He does not look frantic or that he's searching for something. He is good late in games. The one loss you mentioned was at the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, I don't, what's, I don't see a drawback, but you have to sustain it. So do you, so you don't then don't get a sense that the Celtics really miss Kyrie Irving, do you? Who? Who? What's next? Next. It was blank that the Nets guarded Bradley Beal with a box and one. It was observant. It means that the Brooklyn Nets paid attention to the previous two games in which Bradley Beal scored 53 and 55 points, and he was the only reason that the Wizards were close in those games, all of those points. The strategy backfired on them ultimately because it was Beal who passed the ball to Jerome Robinson, who hit the game-winning shot. It, what interests me, because I pay attention to that team, is that Beal had 30. Now, he had 17 in the fourth quarter, but he had 30. They do better as a team when he's closer to 30 than he than is 50. closer to 50. Yeah, they 20, won the game. But the question is about the box in one. The box in one was effective. Not everything Brooklyn did last night, dropping a game where they're trying to hold on they're ahead to of that playoff the spot they're ahead yes. of the Wizards. Yes. But, yes. but the boxing one was effective. I know what you're saying about the ultimate outcome here, and I sort of agree with you about where the Wizards are with Beal. By the way, how's this going to work when John Wall comes back? I don't know. Do I sound pessimistic? <laughs> you sound a little pessimistic. <laughs> next, next. This Derek Jones Jr. play was blank. It was confusing because Derek Jones Jr. is a dunker, and he could not. This pass by Gordon Drogic was not conducive to dunking. No. So he's in the air. He's got to hang in the air. He's got to use his outside hand, and he's got to kiss it off the glass. It was a lovely play. But if we're going to talk about dunks with Derrick Jones Jr., I'm going to say one more time, Aaron Gordon got host. He jumped over a 7-foot, 5-inch guy, he went through him. dunked the ball he went through him. before touching the ground, and the blind judges apparently didn't see this and awarded the, the, the trophy to the wrong guy. You're wrong. 
The Derrick Jones Jr. play is dunk contest confirming. It shows Being that Derrick, you think, you think Aaron Gordon can make that move? In dunk. No, it doesn't matter. He is the off dunk the contest floor calls for you as to dunk. If it's a trampoline. A he gets he higher, jump. faster, right. and stays there longer than anyone in basketball today and maybe ever. So, well, they're confirming. I think he, David I'm going to say this. This is so don't, 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 don't. It is jump contest worthy, but it is not dunk. So, so don't, before I get don't, to Julius, don't, your head's going to explode. Look, he's going to go crazy. Don't. Next. Oh, Last man. one. It's blank that seven Astros have been hit by pitches in the first five days of spring training. It's unsurprising whether or not you think that they're not truly throwing at Astros starters. Altuve got hit in the foot. And Bregman's pitch was a softball in the back. It it doesn't matter what you think. There's anger out there among other players. Now, me personally, I think this will dissipate over the course of the season. Right. I think that other teams will say, we've got to win games. Those are hard pitches right there. We have those are the Astros who are not really on the team. So I think that ultimately you won't see this in the regular season. You're right. But it is unsurprising because there's anger out there. Right now they are commission defying. Okay. Okay. Not mystifying, but commission. I like that word. And they're saying word. to Rob Manfred, you stand in there, we'll throw at you too. That's what they're saying. And the, the curveball in the back, that's fine. Because you, you basically said, I'm not trying to hurt this guy, but I am registering a protest right. against the Houston Astros, and I'm going to hit him with this 71-mile-per-hour curveball. Probably wasn't even that hard. And the other pitchers were hard against guys who are not Scrub guys. in the lineup. But, but you know what, Tony? Let me ask Spring you training has B games and B that's teams, right. and you throw it who you got Do in there you today. you think that opposing teams will throw at Astros in the Astros ballpark? Or just in their own ballpark. I think in their own ballpark. That's what I think. I think you feel boldened and boldened and you've got support there. Did you like your words, by the way? I love my words. Eat them. Let's take one last break, but still to come, Joel Embiid. My man. Your boy. My guy. Goes out with a shoulder injury. Where does that leave the Sixers? Leaves them quieter. How worried should the Sox be about Chris Sales? Eat a sandwich. Look at this guy. Come on, he's tough What does he weigh? 180. I don't, I'm not sure, and he's like 6'7, right? 6'4? No, no, no. He's not, oh, no, no. Six, I'm gonna say 6'4 and a half on Chris Sale. Ooh, I think no, the program not height's five. bigger. No, no, no. Ooh. <laughs> happy time, people. Happy 30th birthday, Chandler Jones. The two time All Pro defensive end from the Arizona Cardinals had 19 sacks last year. Scarlet, season. baby. You would think surely that would lead the NFL, but in fact, it was one half sack shy. Of Shaquille Barrett. Who? Who is Shaquille Barrett, you ask, Wilbon? He's a defensive end for Tampa Bay. Hmm. So the two leading sackers in the NFL played for losing teams. And what does that tell you? It tells you on losing teams, the other team has the ball a lot. Man, but we used to know the sack leaders, Tony. Strahan, Reggie White, Taylor, Dent. Yeah. I mean, these were famous guys whose teams went a long way. That's sort of not as much the case, is it? Well, not this past year, no. Happy anniversary, Steph Curry. On this day four years ago, you pulled up and hit this three from bomb territory about 40 feet away. Walk off. That was Curry's 12th three that game. We haven't seen Curry take these kind of shots in a while because of injury. But Curry is due back for the Warriors on Sunday when the red hot, and by red hot I mean one win in a row, Washington Wizards come to town. Well, on how many minutes do you think Curry will play? If he plays, I don't want to try to rush him back. I don't know, 21 minutes in that first game Sunday? I'll be watching just for that. Is Steph Curry going to play? Let's face it, we're all, we all want to see Steph Curry, right? Yes. 
Happy trails to a possible game winner against his former team for Jimmy Butler. Butler went to the basket, down one point with man. four seconds to Foul. go last night. Foul. And he Foul. was met by three members of the Timberwolves, all of whom got their hands on the ball. Butler was in the wow. middle of a T-Wolves sandwich. Miami is 12-14 and 14 since a 24-8 and 8 start. And since getting Andre Iguodala, Miami is 2-5. And, and Iguodala has done nothing. Get off my man. Five he- points a game for someone who's supposed to be a difference maker. He is a difference maker. What he actually is is 36 and he hasn't played. You're not going to measure his impact and stupid stats. And by the way, D'Angelo Russell seems to have made the Timberwolves a better team. Two corrections, both Wilbons. The Charges, once again, they're in Los Angeles, San Diego. not San Diego. San Diego. And Chris Sale is six foot six. It's very disappointing. Well, he does weigh 180. I got the important part. I don't part even know right. if he weighs 180, honestly. We go to the big finish. Let's do it. Joel Embiid left last night's loss with a left shoulder sprain. Is this cause for concern? Yes, without him and Ben Simmons, how's, how the Sixers going to win a game, Can't even win. at home? Can't win. Ohio State's Chase Young says he's the best player in the draft. He's got a case, doesn't he? He does. I mean, defensively, he was the scariest guy out there. I'm hoping Cincinnati takes him, which gives the Redskins a chance at Joe Burrow, which would be great fun. John Morant, who's been in the league an hour, says Russell Westbrook is, quote, highly disrespected, unquote. Do you agree with that? No. He's an MVP. What? What are you talking about? Red Sox ace Chris Sale is going to miss the start of the season. He recovers from pneumonia. Does that make any sense? He's going to miss a month? I mean, it's a month before the season starts. Have you ever had pneumonia? No. Pneumonia is a very serious disease. Does it last a month? It could. He's got to build himself up. He hasn't pitched at all. He weighs nothing. Last one, LeBron is out against the Warriors tonight with a sore groin. Are you interested in watching that game? Let me just say one more time. (laughs) No. No, no, how can you have an interest now in watching that game? We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheim. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcast. Flexiderm, it works.